Right. Um, so we've uh, we, we've we, we, we're trying to expand the metaverse. We we've got oh. into the we've got the pictures. Yes. Got the pictures. We've yes. uh, we've got all the all the uh, information of the people. Yes, all of the statuses, yes, the statuses, and of the, the mm, memories mm, and whatnot. Mm, yes, we've we managed to get them to sign it all away to us, and we own all of it, and we are perfectly entitled to sell as much as we want and use it to manipulate governments and elections and all sorts of things. We're ready, but um, this TikTok. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes, a bit bit concerned. You know they've. Uh, According to the video market, and uh, indeed, indeed, and we, I remember there was all that stuff where we said we were we're doing a lot of video, and uh, well, we, we 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 were, and it, you know that stuff came out, but now we're doing it again oh. in, in short video. Yes, we were. Or wink. Oh uh, yes, yes. We definitely didn't overinflate that in any way, causing all sorts. Well, of I mean, problems. that's what the that's what the the thing I was alluding to was. Yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. we definitely didn't do anything that, and anyone who says otherwise is going to hear from my lawyers. But uh, yes, I, I, I see we've been trying to do the short form. Uh, the ones that, what, 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 what do we call them? Uh, we were going to call them reels, you know, uh, because like a yes. reel-to-reel pr- projector, which I think guys, uh, you know, just right up there in the yes. zeitgeist. A, re- a reel-to-reel projector is definitely a modern reference point, and also, uh, you know, makes sense for short-form video. Indeed, indeed. That's yes. what I think of when I think of reels. Well, I think yes. of very short reels. Well, it was that or a wax cylinder, I suppose. Uh, well, I suppose. Which again, right there in the, in the zeitgeist, everyone understands that. But uh, well, look, I'm, I'm not looking to the metrics. How, how are they doing? Like, we're 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 a huge company. Surely, our not TikToks should be doing just as well as TikToks TikToks. Well, it's, I don't I don't understand. I mean, we we're doing everything there. In fact, we've got this whole feature where it will play the first couple of seconds on, on, on that that boomerang thing. Remember boomerang? That was the I've thing. The video of... sort of plays forward and backwards a little bit. That was very clever. We thought so. We've done that, and it plays a little bit at the beginning, and then. Um, uh, so we've noticed uh, we've got a lot of videos of um, like like making things, well, yes, or, yes. or it looks like something's going to be made, and then they don't actually make make anything. It just uh, it just sort of talks about nothing really. Um, we've we've noticed there's been an uptick in videos that are literally just the same boomerang video in the the two second highlight. Uh, so when you click on it, you're just watching two seconds o- over and oh, over again, back, back Is that and not forth. what people want? Um, that, that doesn't seem to be very popular. Oh. Um, there's uh, lots of videos of, that are apparently also on TikTok and YouTube shorts. So, uh, But we are trying to incentivize them to make uh, exclusive content for, for, for this. Oh, yes. Yeah, so also uh, those um, uh, like craft videos that don't really go anywhere and, and clearly aren't the thing that they uh, they say they are. Oh, yeah. But um, I say we we must be must be uh, taking a huge dent out of TikTok by now. We seem to have fully grasped everything Look, about it. I'm sure it. if we just uh, nudge the numbers in a certain direction, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yes, yeah, no, oh, nudging, nudging. Oh, I like a good nudging the numbers. Indeed, a thing we've never done with video Def- before. Oh no, definitely, no, never, no. never, 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 no. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale, and I'm not Jade Harris Magnetdale, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. 
It's a podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch-up about our weeks. We do silly voices and skits and stuff, and we're married and we have a catch-up and do... We just try and make each other have a little giggle. Oh, little cat. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. She's here, she's here so on hanging out with us while we yeah. record today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing alright, I'm a sleepy little bean I'm also a sleepy little bean, I'm very full of pizza You are very full of pizza I ate a whole pizza now I, It's not usual that I, I sit down after a meal and go I can feel that I've eat, eaten exactly the amount that that meal is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I can feel that I've eaten exactly a whole pizza mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a good pizza though Good pizza Nom nom nom, tasty pizza. Nom nom nom, tasty pizza. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been doing stuff in the week this week. And there was some pizza. There was some pizza. Uh, one of the things we've done this week is we've played stuff. What have you played this week? I think we should just talk about Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It seems to be the thing that's taken over a lot of our time recently, I and mean, I can't imagine why that I think we we both spent most of this weekend replaying Breath of the Wild, like, separately been in each other's company. Yes. Um. So I think we're both at about the same sort of point in Breath of the Wild-ish, which is... We've done all 120 shrines. Yep. We've done the, the, the four divine beasts. Yep. We've done the DLC stuff of going through the, uh, the champion's ballad yep. and beating the, uh, the, the boss at the end of that. Yep. And it's sort of extra dungeon. Done the master sword quest. Uh, we've, we've both technically completed the master sword quest through the same method. Yep. Uh, we both learned to jump through walls and that oh, was yes. fun. Um, and we're both kind of just meandering upgrading armor at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of. I, of. I wanted very specifically to try and upgrade the uh, the Garb of the Wild. Yes, the armor set you get when you've done your full 120 shrines. Yes. You're, you're given uh, like a nice green tunic and the hat and the leggies in the traditional uh, Link style yeah. Uh Because this was like the first game that's not had that as the default. Yeah. So... I've been doing similarly, but I haven't... Weirdly, I didn't go for the Garb of the Wild set because I'm not a big fan of the shorts. Um, I was like, I want, I want trousers, and I was like, I want to do. A, I kind of agree with you. I want to do a like link outfit set that's upgraded before yes. I go. So I've gone like partially. I think I went with the the garb of the wild headwear, right. but I went with the Twilight Princess um like tunic and legs. Okay, uh, just because I like that tunic design and it's a sort of full leg rather than shorts design. Mm-hmm. But I've similarly been going like, let's get a good link looking build ready. Yeah. Um. I've not gone and fought Ganondor, uh, Ganon yet. Yeah, I've, I've done Ganon. Did yeah, that. I almost did it on stream. Surprisingly three. quick. Yeah, I almost did it on stream the other night, and I was like, no, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to deliberately leave it to late the day before Tears of the Kingdom comes out, mm-hmm. and go defeat defeat Ganon and roll straight into Tears of the Kingdom. Nice. And I, I feel like that's how I'm going to pace that. That's very cool. Yeah, how are, you, how are you feeling now you're sort of toward the end of this replay? Well, I think... I appreciated the fact that I did this playthrough in two big sections. So earlier in the year, or middle of last year, I think I talked about the fact that I had started another uh, playthrough. I just ran out of time, didn't have a chance, and then ADHD'd away from it for (laughs) for a few months. And then obviously, as more videos have been coming out for for the new game, I'm like, you know, I'll pick it up again. And one thing I've appreciated playing, like, the second half of this, like, I think I had... Like, 90 shrines already done when I picked this back up. And um, so it was, like, only 30 more shrines to do. And then, like, any extra bits I wanted to do. And weirdly, I felt way more into, like, being complete about it. Because I think Mm. the way I played through the first time was... I have to play through before there's too many spoilers. Yeah. I 
want to experience this for myself and it is the big dopamine right now, so um num 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 num, give me all the thing. Yeah. And like many big RPGs, like when I play through Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it's like in the space of, let's say, a month. Yeah. I did like 200 plus hours <laughs> yes. in this. And at the end of it, I just wanted my life back a little bit. I mean, I get... As much fun as I yeah. had had. I understand that entirely. And this time, I think by virtue of, of not having done that, it's been quite nice to go... Okay, well, what would what would be like nice things to like just just do just because without yeah. that being like I have to get this done to to finish the game, mm. and it was things like well, once complete one set of or up completely upgrade one set of uh the the like classic green tunic yeah. hat thing. The only one I have a complete one of right now is the uh, garb of the wild, and that is because. I keep forgetting to go through the amiibo cards. <laughs> yes. So, like, I've got bits of some things and bits yeah. of other things, but I don't I, have a, a complete set of anything. I, I must say, I'm having fun running around in an incomplete set of something at the moment, which is, um... So I have two-thirds of the Fierce Deity Link outfit. Which I don't. Two? Uh, so I have the tunic and the legs, I don't have the Okay, head. those are the two I have, too. So what I've been doing is I went and got the DLC Ravio headwear... Uh, okay. And I've been running around in fierce deity outfit, but with <laughs> Ravio's head, and it's it's adorable. I love it. <laughs> I love thinking of a timeline where Link got all the way to like collected every mask in Majora's Mask, went up to the moon, got the Majora's Mask, saw Majora, and went, ah, "That thing's fucking terrifying." I'm out of here, and went off to be Ravio. <laughs> like that's the head cannon I'm playing with, and I'm having a great that's time. That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've j- like just gone and done a bunch of little things. Yeah. I while I was going around farming a bunch of stuff and and trying to gather uh, a few extra bits, someone had pointed me at um the what's the the fishing village way on the south coast? Oh, uh, down in the sort of um southeast, yeah, right like corner, south yeah. of Farron, sort of uh, near the yeah Farron. sort of near the beach spiral in the bottom right. Yeah, yeah. Be- no beach spirals, no. like yeah, no beach spirals, not there. Right. But I know what you mean. Sort yeah, top right. It's sort but of near the the uh, the sort of like um tropically forest bit. Yeah, far yeah. far 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 south on the, on, the, on that coast, to the to the right of uh, yeah. um uh, I was going to say Gerudo Town, but no, it's it's south of the the lab where you meet Pura, just sort of south of there. No, is it not south of there? Wait, Pura? Oh, she's in Hatena, isn't she? Uh, yeah, I always so... think she's in Akala. No, yes, yeah, so wait, so, she's yeah, in Akala, isn't she? No, she's in Hateno. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's way way to the yeah. south, <laughs> sort of middle third in uh, from the right. Um, yeah, in in enjoyed uh, popping there, and it just happened to be night, and the Fang and Bone Shop was oh, there. Yeah, I was like, I have not interacted with this at all. I also have that side quest where someone was like, "Can you get me a picture of the owner of Fang and Bone?" Yeah. So I did that. I've been pottering around getting some of the DLC stuff that I hadn't gone and grabbed yet. Um, I did the quest last night to go get the Xenoblade 2 Rex's gear. Still haven't got that yet. Uh, which involves like going to certain places and looking at the sky in certain directions, and then a little shooting star comes down and a treasure chest appears. Uh... So that was fun. I, I think I must have got it at some point, but I haven't got it on this run through yet. Yeah. I've been really enjoying this this replay. Yes. And... I think there's a couple of factors that have all come together at once. Mm-hmm. So, I tried replaying this at some point in the past on Master Mode. Right. And the, I, I don't remember much of that playthrough, but the big thing I remember is I tried to do the Trial of the Sword and couldn't get past the Trial of the Sword on Master Mode, 
and I got frustrated and I stopped playing. Okay. And I was like, this time, she's not going to do that. So that that helped as well. And I think a big part of it is just how long I have, like, left it and not played it. And mm-hmm. just, like, taking some time away from it. Uh, but also part of it has just been coming back to this with a purpose. And I think having seen, like, the trailers and stuff for Tears of the Kingdom and being in that point where I'm theory crafting about, like, ooh, what's going to happen next? It's been interesting playing through with an eye to, like, this is sort of implied in a trailer. Is there anything that hints towards that in the game? Like, mm. um, uh, going and talking to the modern day, uh, Rito champion and, yeah. uh, meeting him and his kid and seeing what conversations go on there toward the end of the game that are interesting mm. in the context of the trailers we've seen. And that's been interesting. Master mode I've really enjoyed. It made me play this game very differently. Um, at, at the very least, like for, for a start, you weren't just randomly killing everything. Yeah, so I wasn't randomly killing any, everything because, like, when you you can't rely on whittling away at health, you have to. Because for anyone who's not played Master Mode, uh, enemies deal more damage, but more importantly, enemies have bigger health bars. And they regen health if you don't attack them for X amount of seconds. Yeah. Uh, which means that, like, you can't do little, get a couple of hits in back away, a couple of hits back away. Oh, my weapons are broken. I'll just, like, chuck bombs at them until they're dead. Mm. Those strategies are a lot harder to pull off. So I was a lot more selective about the fights I did. Yeah. I went straight to go get the Majora's Mask as quickly as I could, which is one of the DLC items that stops most enemies aggroing against you. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of um, flying from the towers onto, like, in master mode, there's a bunch of, like, platforms held up by Octorok balloons that have enemies on them, and they'll usually have a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. And those treasure chests tend to have really good items, so I was doing a lot of, like, swooping, get the item, run away. Mm. It made the world, like, intimidating and scary again, despite knowing all these things. Yeah. Particularly when I got later into the game and got to the point where there were, like, gold variants of enemies showing oh, up. Yes. Gold Lynels kick my ass. Yeah. Um... But beyond a certain point, once you get over a bit of a, uh, a difficulty hurdle, it becomes more manageable. Um, honestly, like, beyond... The, the Great Plateau was the hardest part, because mm. I had such limited access to, like, run to, a, run to a place I shouldn't be undetected, get a good thing and get out to mm. hold me over for a while. Uh, the Great Plateau was hard, and the Champion's Ballad rematches against the Blights, where you have to fight them with the gear and equipment you're given, not stuff that you can bring in yourself. Yes. Those were tricky. But the rest of it, like, hit a plateau and became a lot more manageable. Mm. Um, And that's not to say I didn't die a lot, but, like, I had fun replaying it this way. It was a different kind of experience, and I had a good time. Oh, what? Yeah. Also, getting the motorcycle early enough in the game (laughs) that I could use it was great. I got it, and I still haven't used it yet. <laughs> That's fair. I Although maybe now that I've done Fang and Bone and I've got one yeah. of everything from there, I might start using it. Yeah, part, part of it for me has just been, because I've been using the Amiibo, uh, the big stack of Amiibo every day, yes. is that I have enough, like, I've just been using the cooking ingredients, being mm-hmm. like, I've cooked three full pages of meals and it won't let me cook anything more. Chuck excess cooking ingredients in the back of the motorcycle. Yeah. Like, I don't like it needs fuel, but, like, it's not been a... It's not been a deal breaker in me mm. using it. I mean, um, considering how rarely I actually bothered with a horse now. Like, I think I spent most of that first half of my playthrough constantly on a horse. Yeah. But this time, or this part of it has been more going and and doing very specific things. Like, yeah. working out what the paths of the dragons were so that I could farm every bit of them. Because 
every stage of the um the upgrade for Garb of the Wild yes. needs like two of each part of each of the yeah. uh, uh, each of the four dragons yeah. uh, each of the three dragons so it's like yeah okay i can't mm, yeah fine yeah. i'll do the thing so it was it was it was a lot of that to to, to do yeah. but it was like yeah i felt quite accomplished at the end of it the main thing that the harvesting has been an absolute pig for was fucking um star fragments <laughs> yes it's like ah oh, yes me with my complete lack of ability to focus on things Needs to stand at the top of dueling peaks and watch the skies for nights and nights and nights. Well, see, this is why I... So down at the stables at the bottom of dueling peaks, there is a man that will tell you what phase of the moon you're in. Mm. When it is a full moon, in my experience, every single full moon there is a star fragment. Maybe there Um, is, but I don't always notice them. That's entirely fair. But I've been doing like, okay, so once I know it's a full moon... Uh, try and get that star fragment and then go, like, count to eight as I skip the nights and then go, okay, watch the thing again. And having to, like, really, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to miss, and occasionally you'll get to one and it'll just vanish because, like, oh, it hit a, it hit a cliff and once I arrived it decided it didn't want to be on the cliff face it was on uh... anymore. But I've been, yeah, I've been farming those. Yeah, I, I had, I, I had one where I was like, oh god, I've not seen one for, like, six nights and I've been sat here watching... And I moved the camera around slightly, and I was like, oh, there's one on the floor down there, and I just hadn't noticed it it's, land. It's easily and it done. I'm slightly too close to the I've camera. I've had a few I wasn't of those. Seeing the line. I've had a few of those. But yeah, I'm, you know, I've been collecting what I can. It's been nice to sort of gather those few bits. I've got the full set from Fang and Bone now, so I've got my Dark Link cosplay. Yeah. Um, I've got all my ridiculous. Um, oh, I still need to finish getting my Dark Link cosplay. Yeah. Uh, I've got my ridiculous helmets. I mean, it helped that I had done a little bit of extra. Um, dragon farming yeah. so it was like okay well i only need two of each thing from each dragon and i've got like six of of uh like farosh scales yeah it's like okay well uh, not horns i think which are like super valuable anyway it's like yeah. okay i'll pop those in plus like 150 odd bokoblin things yeah. because i've not been avoiding killing stuff so <laughs> it wasn't really a problem for me. yeah it's been the honey uh, was i think the hardest part yeah i I really like Breath of the Wild, yeah. despite, like, it has its little frustrations and its little quibbles, and it, there, there's little things that I'm like, there are things about other Zelda games that I love that that aren't present here, but, like, this is not a Zelda game I want to come back to, like, constantly. No. But I've had a really good time coming back to this at the right time. Mm. And it... Coming back and replaying has made me more excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, absolutely. And the, I had this weird moment after I defeated Ganon the other night where I was just sitting there thinking, am I ever going to play through this again? Because from what I can tell, Tears of the Kingdom is all of this and more. It, I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. And I, I don't think there's any way to know until we have our hands on it. True. But... This game is very simple and to the point about what it is. Yeah. And I I think even if Tears of the Kingdom is like this but more, I think there will still be something kind of magical to revisiting that first time you walk out the Shrine of Resurrection and just go, this is a world and I can just go wherever I want and Ganon's over there and I can just head there if I want. Yep. And like that, that like intro of being told like Ganon's over there, go, go get him. Mm-hmm. Like that opening section, I think is something really special that like, I might go back and just replay that that like little crafted introduction. <laughs> yeah, I maybe we'll see. Like we know we have a friend who got very into Breath of the Wilds. Like yes. he finished it 
like within a week, I think, of, of first picking it up. Yeah. He replayed it almost immediately. Um, and then, like, did little challenges for... Like, I think he's finished it on Master Mode he- and got all 900 Korok Seeds and, like, did little challenges of, like, can I do the whole thing vegan? Can I do the whole thing he- without, like, uh, like without taking a single hit yeah. before leaving the Great Plateau? He-, he got, like, he got a surprising distance without taking any damage in that game. Like, he got real into it. Yeah. And... I'm excited for a new one of these to be coming out at a time where we can maybe be excited at the same time as yeah. him about it. I'm yeah. excited to share that with him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been replaying Breath of the Wild. Oh yes. Tears of the Kingdom, be out now. Soon. Be out sooner. Soon. Now. Well, as you said the other day, we've only got like two weeks until it's out. So Yeah, like two and a half, three weeks, I think at this point. It's, it's pretty soon. Yeah. Have you played anything else? Oh, I played a few things this week. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull up my list. Um, so I've started playing a game uh, called Wild Frost, which is a uh, sort of cartoony-looking card-based uh, card-based roguelike. Okay. Um, it is like you slay the spire type. Stuff. It's like you slay the spires. It's a little bit sort of almost like Inscription in that you're sort of like here is your default starting deck. Go do battle then get a choice of which kind of upgrade to go for next, and you've got sort of branching paths, and okay. you slightly get, like, uh, upgrades that might be cards for your deck, or they might be something else, and okay, then... Okay, so you get a little bit of the CCG type stuff. Yeah, up until you eventually fight sort of a boss at the end of the uh, the, the route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you're going through, you're completing objectives that are unlocking more things for you back at your sort of hometown uh, mm. between runs. The way this game is handled is really interesting, so... Your cards don't have any kind of, like, mana system or any kind of cost to play them. Uh, they come in two basic categories. You've got characters that you put out on the board, and they will have a health value, how much damage they do when they attack, maybe a special effect they have, and a number at the bottom. Mm. And the number at the bottom is how many turns they have to be out on the field before they do an attack. Uh, so... Stronger cards with higher damage numbers and better abilities will typically have to be out on the board where they could get attacked for more turns before they get to deal damage. And then the other category is, I I guess you would call them like instants in Magic the Gathering. Stuff that you just use from your hand and it does its effect and that's that. Um, And that might be like, deal X amount of uh, damage to a target that you pick, things like that. There's a bit of a sort of positioning system as well where you can... Uh, you've got two rows of three slots of where you can put your characters, and things in uh, like at the front of the row will take damage first, mm-hmm. unless there's like something that you know has an effect to randomly hit something, or that like specifically targets not the front row, but the default is whatever you put at the front that takes damage first. You have like a main character from your deck that you always start with out on the field who. If they die, no matter what else has happened, that's your losing condition, so you're mm-hmm. trying to sort of keep them safe. And if the fight is against a group of monsters that has a boss, if you take out their boss, the minions will just run. Like, you don't have to clear the rest of them out. And it is just about trying to do your little deck building mechanics. Mm. Um, there's some really nice stuff in there for, like, trying to build up um, consistency. Uh, in particular, you have a hand of six cards at any given time. You can just ditch them and draw a new hand of six at any time. Uh, but if you do it 
uh, before your hand is down to a certain size, that will be your turn to scrap mm. your hand and draw a new one. But if you wait until your hand's down to, I think it's like two cards, you can ditch those two, draw a full hand of six, and that doesn't take your turn. So like, you always have the option to deal with a bad hand, but the it makes you make that way up that choice of, is this a bad enough hand that I want to have a nothing turn to cycle it? Yeah. You've got little mechanics like um, pendants that you can attach to your cards that are kind of like the sigils you could attach in uh, inscription that will add like a an effect for this run to that card. Mm. Uh, things like there's a little crown you can put on a card so like it will always be in your starting hand in future matches. You've got little pets that you can select a pet to come with you and they'll have little abilities and they'll be in your starting deck. Mm. Uh, there are factions that have different kinds of default starting decks and synergize with different kinds of cards. Um, like I just unlocked one that is to do with, uh, to do with a lot of summons, uh, that don't have negative attributes if they're defeated. You just sort of summon in temporary ghostly apparitions. Uh, the first faction I think is to do with status effects. So it's a lot of like using elemental damages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. It's very simple, and I have very quickly, like, it's gotten its hooks in me. Hmm. It's colourful, it's charming. I like that at the end of every run, it shows you little meters filling up of, like, hey, you don't have to remember what the things are that will, like, unlock you new new upgrades and new progress. Mm-hmm. We'll show you little bars filling up and saying, like, what they're filling up for. So you can see at the end of every run, like, oh, I'm quite close to unlocking something new, I'll make sure to do uh, that mechanic next turn. Okay. Uh, if you've got a card out that's low on health, you don't have to let it die. You can optionally put it in the graveyard and where, uh, to avoid it like being completely defeated. Because mm. if it gets like taken down to exactly zero health, the next uh, ma- uh, battle you go into, they will have slightly lower than usual health and damage on the card because they got injured. Mm. Uh, so you can maybe retreat them early to avoid that. It's got a lot of really interesting mechanics. Nice. As someone that likes just, here is a deck build it as you go and try and make a setup that'll get you past the boss and do your little roguelike. I'm really I'm really digging it. Yay. So yeah, that's uh, Wild Frost, which Ooh. is pretty fun. Uh, what about you? Are you playing anything else this week? Uh, we played a bit more Final Girl together. We did! Do you want to talk about about what we did, We played in Final Girl? Yeah, we did, we did knock at the door this week as well, didn't we? Uh, which, this week? Which one's knock at the door? Was the Home Invasion Cabin in the Woods one, or was that last week? Uh, that was last week. I couldn't I remember believe. if we played two this week or one. I think it was just the one this week. Okay. In which case, we played the final one in the box set for season two, uh, which is called Madness in the Dark. Ah. Uh, mm. Do we want to talk about the theming or the mechanics first? Because we have different opinions about the two aspects of it. It's. It seems like it's trying to be... St- a couple of things weirdly jammed together. Yes. So the <laughs> uh, the uh, killer mechanic in this one is the ki- the killer is called um, Ratchet Lady. Yeah. Which sounds like they're trying to do Nurse Ratchet from the Nurse Ratchet show and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. But the <sighs> visual representation of that character is very much. Silent Hill, like, um, like the bound round the head with, um, bandages so the character yeah. can't see, but also, like, uh, the, the sort of, uh, like, mechanical apparatus wrapped around them and, and in them, 
that is yeah, very it's Silent very Hill. It's very Silent Hill. It's very but, Silent Hill, but all trying to be... But narratively, it's definitely not trying to be Silent Hill. No, which is weird, because it feels like they've blown their chance to do a good Silent Hill thing. Unless yeah. they're planning to do fucking Pyramid Head Alternative for, I, um, yeah. for Season 3, I don't know. So... Let's just get the, 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 the setup of this out of the way because it's a little not great. It's, it, like, it wouldn't have taken much tweaking to be okay, but like, no. it's a, <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is a, a, you know, this horror scenario is set inside a mental health facility. Well, uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. So as we talked about Final Girl before, yeah. you have two parts to any box set. You have the killer and the, the location. Yes. You can mix and match the location with any... And the location okay, yeah. wasn't really the problem. No. Because it's a, a space. The concept of there are pills lying around, and if you pick up the pills, you will be able to flip them over and see what colour they are. And there's this whole mechanic of, if you take one pill, it will do whatever it says on the list, and there's no side effects. If you mix two together... You're going to have to draw some side effect cards, and they might be really, really bad. If you mix three together, you will have to take a bunch of side effects, but you might get a really cool perk. Yeah. All the problematic stuff comes from the killer. Yes, but I I think also, like, I I very much think of the killer and the setting together in this, because I think they are part of one picture of, like, a not-great depiction. I... And then you... I, I, again, I didn't set it up, so I don't know what stuff comes from which, but, uh, yeah, so the, the setup is, um, that every, all, everyone's been locked in this facility and no one's been ta- paying attention for a while, and the nurse has seen something terrible and she's gone evil, um, and she's converting residents of the mental health facility into what, uh, they, it's maniacs is the term? They, then they use as maniacs. The, yeah. the overall game term that, um, Final Girl uses for, um, when killers have, like, assistants. Is, is minions? Is minions, because in the first season you had Geppetto and the puppets. Mm. Um, and it was like, this is the thing that we might yeah. come back to, these are how these work, this is how this works, and this yeah. is how you can differentiate the two when it comes to card wording. Yeah. And that's what's in the core rulebook. And this one, first of all, like the first first thing we were icked about was the choice of, of Maniac. Yeah, yeah. Because like, we, we, we talked about this a bunch back and forth. Like, there is a way you could have done this setup that wouldn't have felt too too iffy. Because like, yeah. There are mechanics around taking the minion enemies and making them into like and calm and making them into victims, and you do that by calming them down. Yeah. And at the at the core, there's nothing wrong with taking like the idea of like if this had been phrased as the nurse has like misled and manipulated patients in her care yeah. and like taken advantage of them or in some way misled them into acting on her behalf. Yeah. And just by like calming them down and getting them like less, you know, whipped up in a frenzy the way she's got them, they'll, they're okay again. Yeah. You know, you put the onus there on on the nurse being the villain. Yes, like, you can very easily take a plot of, like, we want to do a thing about something going horribly wrong in, in a, like, 1950s built um, mental health yeah. institution, and we want to do something with that. Like, you can do that, and you can make it very yeah. much about medical malpractice or yeah. the kind of surgeons uh, um, at, that you had very much at the time of this. Like, we have no oversight. 
Yeah. No one is coming to check on us. There's, and we just want to experiment with yeah. shit. There's little things like if you make it clear that the um the patients in the cases where you're fighting against them, it like if you make a clear distinction that it's not like, oh, they're off their meds and they're evil or yeah. and you made it something like the nurse has put them on meds that they shouldn't have been put on and that has negatively yes. impacted them. As long as you keep framing it as mental health professional has done something bad, yes. as opposed to, oh, it's the scary, evil, mentally ill people. Yeah. Like, and this doesn't make the effort it needs to. No. There. Like, the only thing I will praise it on, I said this at the time, was the, the calming mechanic. Yeah. I'm glad that the mechanic for getting them, uh, getting the mental health patients to not be enemies and to instead be uh, patients that you are saving is just to calm them down is like I think that is good. It it's a good thing in a real messy soup. Yes. Like that and like as we said like I look through all the cards um from the uh killer terror deck and there is so much that could just be slightly reworded. Yeah. There is stuff in the uh the law book for that um or the, the um you get a bit of a blurb at the yeah, beginning of the narrative of the narrative uh, setup. Yeah, like it that sort of stuff is very easily fixable with a sensitivity read. Yes. Like, and, you know, I am somebody who ha had, because, partly because of my own, like, complete lack of diagnosis for stuff as, as a child, was fascinated by any film with a mental health institution yeah. in it. And also terrified of the concept that I could end up in a facility yeah. like this. Yeah. I, and, and, and my horror in that always came from the concept of there is someone who has complete power over you, basically a forever parent. Yes. That you can't just get away from who just goes, no, you're wrong. Yeah. I've decided that I know what's best for you when you're having like uh, an, an episode that I don't approve you, of. You have had all autonomy over being able to... Uh, advocate for yourself taken away from you. Exactly. Or, you know, in, in the case of, like, some, some of those situations, oh, a family member signed me in here and now I can't leave. Yeah. Like, that should always, I think, be the horror of those situations yeah. as opposed to the, the people inside. Yeah. And, but like, so we've, we've said our piece about, like, the, t the setting and the, the narrative stuff of this. Mechanically, it did feel interesting and distinct. Yes. Like, I, I liked mechanically what having, like, I like the minion mechanic of having your villain plus additional smaller targets you need to be thinking about. Yeah. I think that that works well. I think that this, uh, location was well laid out in terms of, uh, what, how it forced us to play. Yeah. Uh, I liked the I liked the um, mechanic with the pills because even though we didn't have much chance to get right into it, really, because we were just like we need to to get on yeah. top of this while we have any sort of advantage because we had a rough start, possibly oh. the roughest start we've had. We had a lot of like real, real botched rolls multiple turns in a row that really set us up bad at the start. I think our first three or four major rolls of the game. And then were, were like complete botches. Yeah, like not even uh, the threes or fours that let you like ditch a couple of cards yeah, to force a success. Yeah, it was all ones and twos. Yeah, we we just we were on the back foot, and we did we did manage to get through this one, but yeah. like we were we were really having to make up time. And in in many ways, it felt like a bit more narratively satisfying. Yeah, like 
for all the problems narratively with this one, we started in solitary confinement and then had a bit of a slow start when getting out into general population. It's a bit disorienting. Yeah, understandably. The dice told a narrative. Yeah. I, and and I, I enjoy the way that... Like, there was one point we were talking about um, where the killer would move to. Mm. Because... Like the the only rule of the game is the the killer will target the, like these people and will go the shortest distance. Yeah. And the question we were asking is, would the killer move through a room that we know they will take one damage for? And given that this killer's mechanic is that they have no upper limit to their health yeah. and tons of ways that they can just gain more health, yeah. it was just like, okay, would this killer? go around, or would this killer go, nah, I've got so much health, I'm not even going to care to walk in here and just start killing people. We've said this about Final Girl before, but I really like the rule in the rulebook that's like, if you're unsure how how to determine between two things that should happen, what feels the most horror movie here? And yeah, walking into the room that is like, yeah, she's going to take damage walking in there, but there's a whole lot more victims in there and not the main character who has a weapon. Yep. Like, yeah, of course she's just going to confidently stroll through, ignore the damage and go for them. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's 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 a neat... As a tiebreaker rule, I think it's surprisingly easy for an... Abst- as far as abstract uh, tiebreakers yeah. go. Yeah, there's three tiebreaker rules in this game. You can follow what is the most... Unfortunate for you, which yeah. is the like the the one that a lot of Lovecraft based games go for. What is gonna fuck you over the worst? Yep. Um, which generally speaking is gonna be killing you, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, especially once they've already got their final power and and they're gonna be basically just constantly uh a- able to gain more health. Yeah. For every single kill. Mm. So technically that would be the worst thing. The other one is what is seems the most like thematically appropriate. And the third one is what's the funniest? Yeah. Do you want to live in a horror comedy? Because sometimes it is just like, I think this is funny, but also rele- yeah. relevantly bad. <laughs> um, and that's been quite a fun thing to mess about with. Um, and it is a shame because like of the whole box, I think this is the one that feels the biggest letdown. Hmm. Partly because it wasn't Silent Hill enough for me, which I had hoped it was, and partly because it completely, like, just, it, it was, the language was just awful. Not, well, it was bad, but like, and I, and I have experienced worse, but like, it could have been, it, it could have avoided that so easily, and it didn't. So I'm kind of tempted to just go, once we've sleeved this, I might get some, bits of paper and rewrite half the cards I to just be less problematic. I wouldn't blame you. I get it. Mm. So yeah. yeah. That was that was Final Girl. Uh, there is only one more killer in that box that we haven't played with. That is the vignette expansion uh, Terror from Below which is yeah. zombies. And they don't come with a location. They're just little... Uh, basically originally comes in like a little standard 60 card um, deck box. Hmm. But yeah, with and in that is all the tarot cards and stuff you need for it, and little pop-out tokens. Yeah. It's quite a cool way to, to do a little tiny expansion to it. But yeah. yeah, that's the only set of killers we haven't played. We're gonna have to pick a location for them. But yeah, yeah it was it was it was nice to give that and go. Have you played anything else? Ah, uh, 
other than that, my week has been very uh, vampire survivors and adjacent games uh, specific. Adjacent, you say? Yeah, so very quickly, I finished uh, the Vampire Survivors DLC. Uh, That's a real neat DLC. Yeah. There's more in it than I anticipated. Right. I think it does a good job of, like, catching you off guard with, like, aha, I think I've got a grasp on what's in here. Oh, okay, nope. (laughs) I I, I guess I'm sitting here for at least an hour. (laughs) uh, The little caterpillar character is fascinating. Yes. Um, I made so much money and leveled up so fast with that character that um, the one gold rush I had, I could only see one digit uh, of gold rush, and it was taking up most of the screen. I couldn't see my character anymore. Uh, I was at, like, level 820 minutes in, and just, like, getting, like, level, 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 level. Wow. That character's, like, busted if you set them up, right? Yeah, I'm guessing um, you put the um, game killer in there? That was even without the game killer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, oh, it, you can do some funky stuff with that that character. I can imagine. Uh, but I played two other not-vampire survivors this survivors. week. <laughs> do you want to hear about, like... The more fleshed out one, or the one that, like, I'm surprised is as good as it is? Tell me about the surprise entry. Okay, so I've been playing Renfield, Bring Your Own Blood. I was going to mention this to you, because I only heard about this existing just before dinner. So, I heard about this last week, and I finally got around to checking this out. So this is... There is a There is a Nick Cage movie called Renfield, about Nicolas Cage being a vampire, and I... I don't really know what... My understanding is someone called Renfield is working for the vampire. He's just a regular guy trying to find blood for the vampire who he lives with. Um, uh, It seems to be a sort of British-y humour comedy. Vaguely what we do in the shadows. A little bit, yeah. But they have released a tie-in video game that is a vampire survivors. With a vampire in it. Yeah. Uh, you are a vampire from what... Look, there's not much plot in this, but from what I can tell, you are a vampire trying to kill uh, all of the people trying to vampire hunt you, or something to that effect. Um, so this is like £5, which is more expensive than the other Vampire Survivors games that are out now, Yeah, but it's still like, you know, it's not expensive. It is in early access, and they are talking about like six months of updates. There's not a lot in here right now. There is one playable character. If there are others, I couldn't work out how to unlock them. And three stages, couldn't work out how to unlock stages two or three. But it plays really well. It is a surprisingly competent survivors type game. Rather than being like Vampire Survivors where you have like one big environment and you just go and go and go, uh, it's a bit more like, uh, almost like Core Keeper, the Playdate Vampire Survivors game I was talking about mm, a while ago. Yeah. Where it is like... Um, enclosed uh, environments and waves of enemies will come and once you've killed all the enemies in a given space uh, there's a couple of exits, you pick one, go to the next go to the next uh, room and continue your sort of onward journey there's a bit more of like a directed structure of what you're trying to do so much like Vampire Survivors you have your default starting attack it automatically happens every so often you level up you can either get new attacks or you can level up the ones you've got they'll have different attack patterns different speeds at which they go out what you're ultimately trying to do is fight your way to a person who you get to make a choice about of whether you take them back to the vampire to feed on or whether you rescue them and take them to safety and instead bring them a bunch of blood from people you've killed in the run if you want to save the person, you have a harder time. Whereas the you will have a slightly easier time if you just go, yeah, no, I'm just going to take you back to the vampire. 
Uh, and the way that, like, the, the this choice plays out is once you have, like, gotten to this person and decided what you're going to do, you have two minutes to fight your way back to the start. Mm. Uh, and you're going to have to fight your way through a couple of rooms, defeat a boss, and get back out to the start. And that is not a lot of time. And if you choose to try and save the person, you have additional rooms you have to get through to get to the exit. So it's like your hard mode to try and do the morally right thing. I like the sort of like having to do the escape under pressure thing because it sort of forces you to... You know how in a lot of Vampire Survivors type games, you can make a build where it's like, I'm just going to like sort of kite away, do damage, kite, like back away, do damage, and you can sort of perpetually keep yourself alive? Yeah. You That will work right up until the escape sequence here, but then you're like, no, I need to have actually made a build where I can quickly kill things. Yeah. And where I can like rush into a room and be doing doing a lot of damage effectively and quickly. Hmm. And it ju- does change how you think about your build, and I, I, I appreciate that. As I said, there's not a lot of content in here right now, and they're promising content ongoing, and like, yeah, we'll see if that pans out, but it is a surprisingly fun game that like feels good to play in the moment and feels distinct from the other Vampire Survivors games I've played. I played this for a good two and a half hours today, and then had to stop myself and go, I got I got other stuff I gotta do today. That is more than I thought I would enjoy a licensed tie-in video game. Um, and I see myself coming back to this one. It's pretty fun. Nice. I, I can't say whether, like, there's not enough here right now for me to ever say, like, if you're thinking of picking up one Survivors type game, make it this one. But if you're, like, a real fiend for these kind of games and you're like, yeah, I got five bucks to burn and I'll, I, like, I, I could, I could try another one. I, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. The other one I've been playing, and this is one that uh, our mutual friend Steph uh, recommended to me, mm. was Gunsuit Guardians. Oh, yes. Which is a sort of bullet hell shooter vampire survivors game. Okay. Uh, somewhat. So you are a little dude with a jetpack and uh, various guns. And the default setup is not only will the guns, like, auto-fire and auto-reload on a timer, much like your standard vampire survivor weapons, they'll target enemies automatically. Mm. And if you want to manually aim, you just point with the right stick and you can do so, but generally, it will auto-target whatever is, like, most closely about to damage you and be a threat to, like, destroy things before they touch you. Yeah, Um, but you can also specifically target some yeah, things. Yeah, being auto- automatically specific. You like spe- your bosses. Yeah. Uh, yes, bosses are the big place where, where this ends up happening, is you're like, you know, I'm backing away from the boss, I won't touch the stick, and I'll just let it auto-attack while I'm backing away. Cool, I've backed away, target directly at the at the boss, bam, 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 that sort of thing. Uh, the game makes it very clear how to get its uh, sort of permanent resource uh, upgrade system, which is... There are question mark blocks, shoot them, and you get coins for that are just for building things between runs. Uh, be it uh, unlocking new characters, new uh, special moves that are on a cooldown, new starting weapons, that kind of thing. The game does a good job of making its weapons all feel very distinct and very like separate in how they feel to use, mm. um, which is really nice. I generally think the auto-targeting is like pretty good at what it's trying to do. It is... Not as overwhelming as I expected, like, uh, you know, when I, I hear, like, ah, bullet bullet hell version of Vampire Survivors. You still have the ability to sort of, like, kite away from, from things and sort of, like, ba- back away and attack them as, as you're backing away and that sort of thing. The bosses are really fun. Um, I've been really enjoying it as well. I, I, I've played two good new Survivors-y kind of games this week, and both of them have been 
Real enjoyable. Yay. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Um, briefly, was we we played uh, some Binding of Isaac Four Souls with the Requiem expansion, which arrived recently. We did. Yeah. So, um, I like this game. I like this game a lot. Um, but it, like most of the uh, or the other Ed McMillan um, tabletop game that we've played, which is Tapeworm or Dick Knots, if you have that version. It feels like a game that you want to get, like, a couple of people, some drinks, some snacks, and just, like, keep playing hands of this yeah. for the evening. It's that, like, poker for, like, nerds who don't want to play poker. Yes. And maybe have a bit more depth, but also still allow for things like... um Forming uh, allegiances, yeah, and 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 doing deals with people, maybe offering help to people if they've helped you in the Fucking past. Fucking people over doing silly bullshit. Yeah, there's lots of like you can make a person re-roll a dice, yeah. and then they'll they'll have to do that on their turn, and that might completely fuck them over. It's it's a game that like keeps giving you opportunities to be like. Yeah, you could, you could, you could do this to them. Yeah, and just like keep putting those in front of you as options. Like, I'm just gonna, just gonna leave this here. Just gonna leave this here. You, you, I mean, you could, you could use this broken dice to fuck them over if you yeah. want. If you want, I mean, yeah. yeah look, like, if you do that, that's that's your choice if you yeah, want to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's your yeah. choice. Um, there's a bunch of stuff from the uh from Requiem. I don't know if they were just like Kickstarter exclusives, but there's like. If you were a kid on the internet in the 2000s, you probably know a bunch of these characters. There's, like, Among Us characters, and there's... Yeah. Th there's, like, Salad Fingers is a character. Yeah. Uh, you spotted yeah. a couple of others that you recognise that I didn't know. Yeah, there's a... Uh, there's... There's Splunkies, I think, in there as a character. Yeah, there, there's... Baba there's... is you. Oh, Baba, Baba is you is great. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, sort of, Mimi... I think, um... I'm fairly certain it's Johnny the Homosexual Maniac, but I've never read that comic book. But I was like, that feels like a very Joan and Vasquez-style character. Mm. But yeah, like, I very much um, enjoy this game. I just think it needs to be played with it's... a slightly bigger crowd that are willing to just keep playing yeah. hands and hands and hands of it. Because the thing with it is, if you play it in two-player, there's only one person at the table to fuck over. Yes. And... It can feel mean-spirited to just pick on one person. Yeah. Whereas if there's multiple people at the table and you've got to sit and have that, hmm, who am I going to fuck over right now? And uh, get to have that back and forth of yeah. everyone at the table going like, nah, pick, nah oh, fuck them. No, don't fuck me. I'll yeah. fuck them over. Exactly. Like, that's what it feels like it needs to be at its best. Now, apparently there is a co-op mode that's been introduced uh, that might be worth checking out at some point. But um, we haven't got round to that yet. But yes, do do love the game, love the artwork, um, love all the extras from from the uh, the new stuff. The fact that we've got a few bits from Tapeworm because there were like some Kickstarter exclusive um, Tapeworm cards in that we've we've popped in there as well. There's room cards now. That's a whole new mechanic that didn't used to be there. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And I like that you when you get a kill on a creature, you can choose to change the room and yeah, like. If there's a, a positive room on the table, do you maybe change it so that the other player doesn't get the nice benefit? And yeah, it was an interesting yeah. idea. It was, it was a, an interesting mechanic. We we have also, I think it helps that we played with the extra bonus souls. Yes. Now, originally there were only three bonus souls and they were like an optional extra game mode. And I think that helps keep the games a bit shorter. Yes. So these are like 
optional objectives that everyone can see that are on the table that are usually things that either like are fairly simple to aim for, like have this many cards in your hand, or are things like put a counter on this every time a player dies. The sixth time that happens, the player who put the counter there gets gets this card. So it's things where it's like you can both be at the point where it's like there's five counters on there, either of us could do it. <laughs> like very I might kill myself deliberately just right. to get it. It's it's very like either of you has a chance to grab it at the last moment yeah. kind of objectives, which I think helps the pacing. Yeah. Like you don't have to play with those cards, and I think it might be interesting to play a bit more without them. Yeah. Because Technically, when you play the way we have been, it's like having a short running Binding of Isaac. So we haven't had much chance to do those like ridiculous combos of tons of different like treasures and stuff that you've acquired over a long yeah. period of time. But I, I think that sort of fast paced short hands thing would be quite good for large groups. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but it was, but mostly just a case of like we've got a bunch of new cards. Would like to get an opportunity to to like see a bunch of stuff. Like we didn't even shuffle after our second hand because there are so many cards in those oh, decks. Oh god, yeah, no, there are, there is so much game in there. We we will take forever to see. Yeah, um, but yeah, I am very much enjoying that. I hope we get to play it with uh, a slightly bigger crowd at some point. Yeah. The problem is we have largely locked up all of our gaming groups with legacy games. We have, <laughs> but we shall see. But I mean, we like Maybe legacy we... games. Oh yeah, but. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we need a third gaming group. We need we... a non-legacy gaming group. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I think that's it for stuff I've played this week. Well then, time for this. So, are you ready? Ready for uh, the game? I, I mean, I don't know. I've got to run you through some maths. I've been trying to work something out. Right. So, right now, there's... 24 days, I think, until Tears of the Kingdom comes out, right? Something like Something that, Something like yeah. that? Cool. So, I looked at how long to beat for how long, roughly, just to, like, mainline all of the Zelda games are. Right. So, you got, like, 8 hours for The Legend of Zelda. That seems underestimating, but sure. Uh, 10 hours for Zelda 2. Again, couldn't tell you for that one. 15 hours for A Link to the Past. I can do that in about 2. Uh, 15 hours for Link's Awakening. Uh, I think we did that in one afternoon once. Uh, about 30 hours for Ages of Seas- ages and Seasons. Yeah, but it's going to feel like longer. Uh, 15 hours for Link Between Worlds. About, yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. About the same for Minish Cap and for Phantom Hourglass. Probably, yeah. Maybe 20 hours for Majora. Yeah, that can get a bit nitty gritty yeah. if you want to do everything. Uh, 20 hours for Spirit Tracks. Uh, maybe I'd have managed to get it to finish. Uh, 25 for Ocarina. Really? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's yeah, the child maybe. and then the adult. Like, it's a longer game yeah. than you remember it being. Uh, I've played it within the last decade, yeah. so... Uh, 35 hours for Twilight Princess. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. 40 for Skyward Sword. It's going to feel like more and then like and less for you. Yeah, and then, like, somewhere between 50 and 100 hours for, like, Hyrule Warriors and Age of Calamity each... Like, uh, are we talking about full completion? Let, let's say, like, 50 hours... I've never finished I'm going to say, like, 50 hours to, like, mainline through... Did we do Wind Waker, Wind Waker? Like, I, uh, I Wind, swear Wind I finished Waker. that in two sittings. I think, yeah, Wind Waker, oh yeah, Wind Waker about 30 hours. Yeah, so, I swear I've done that in about two sittings, yeah. which I'm pretty sure wasn't 30 hours. So, look, I've, uh, these are the numbers the internet gave me, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. the maths. Let's say 393 hours, I could replay all of the Legend of Zelda series. Get all of that lore? Yeah, so get, get, get it all fresh in my mind before mm-hmm, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
393 hours is 16.3 days. Okay. Which is like, I could get eight hours of sleep a night and still have enough hours just about to replay them all. So, what I'm saying is... I I'm don't need to ex edit accessibility next week. Yeah, I'm sorry if like I, I don't do anything else, but like I do want to have this all fresh in my mind before it comes out. I'll tell you if there's anything like plot relevant. Cool. I'll I'll bring you snackies. I'm going to need them. My eyes are going to be very tired. Okay, I love, I love you. If you need anything, let you. me know. I love you too. I'm very excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Same. But I have a day job. <laughs> <laughs> this is my job now. I wish it was mine. Oh, uh, Ollie, oh, yeah, I see you've all uh, got set up already. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all in there. Been in there a while, actually. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll um hit the button and... um. Oh, no, the, oh. The, yeah, are they, they good uh, in there? Uh, mm, I mean, you, you know about some blood on the swivel chair? Uh, I mean, look, I'm guessing from context they're a metal band. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like one of the most brutal metal bands. Like, I mean, they are illegal in 49 states. Look, I can tell that they're pretty hardcore because I can't read the logo on their shirt. I think that's a logo. It might just be Scribbles. I'm it not might certain. be Scribbles. It might be a custard stain. I don't know. I can't actually tell if that's their merch or not. But I yeah. mean, frankly, I'm too afraid to ask. I mean, look at them. Look at the. Yeah. I mean, those are some. That, that's a lot of tattoos. That's, I mean, it is. Uh, right. Yeah, oh. like, f there's some facial stuff in there. There's some. I'm pretty sure those are dental modifications. Not one single piece tongue in the entire room. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, so much leather. I don't think I've ever seen that much leather. The, the, those pauldrons. That's World of Warcraft level pauldrons. Yeah. Um, do I need to, like, know any... Like, you've you've been in here all day. Like, do I need to know anything before I, like, get started? Uh, I mean, yeah. They said absolutely do not touch that slider. That 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 is set how they wanted it. Okay, I have no control over that. We I've just put some tape over it so they okay. won't do yeah. anything automatically. And I think in the next couple of minutes, the kittens should be arriving. The the what? Yeah, there's something on their rider that that they they're gonna have like like a crate of kittens delivered to the studio. Mm. I'm not sure how. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I might have to like find a curtain to put over the window because I really don't want to know. Yeah, I mean, we could probably. Oh, oh, yeah, I think that. I think that's oh, the door. Here. Okay, okay, um, okay. Okay. Uh, hey guys, just to let you know, your the um special delivery you requested has uh, has arrived. Okay, 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 okay. Oh. Wish me luck. Um, yeah, I'm wishing you luck. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I ju I I'll be honest. I just legged it out of there, but um, yeah. Oh, they they're gesticulating. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the kittens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're 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 all good. Is that got everything you need in there? You want to come in too? Uh, we us us come in. I mean, we. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to hog all the kittens. You don't want to hog all the kittens. Um. Yeah, we got plenty of kittens. We there's like a dozen kittens in here, and there's only like five of us. You should come in and come in and see the kittens. Okay, okay. okay. I don't want to. I don't want to upset them up there. Here, play with the kittens. They're super fluffy. I've called this one Mr. Fluffies. Okay. Look at the kittens. The kittens are so soft. That they are. 
You have to be gentle with the kittens. If you hurt the kittens, I will break you in half. I don't doubt that. Little soft friend. So, huh, what have you put in your eyes? I'm going to be honest, it's been, been uh, Legend of Zelda theory videos and lore videos. Not going to deny, uh, watched a bunch of those, watched a lot of Zeltec. It's been a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of Zeltec, a lot of... Uh, just a lot of Zelda content and being like, yeah, I like Zelda. Saturate me with Zelda, please. Yeah, I'm at I'm at the stage that I get to with with uh, things where it's like the thing that is one of my hyperfixations is about a month away. Mm-hmm. My entire personality is going <laughs> to be the fact I like this thing for a while, yep. so like be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the month before Pokemon came out was very much this for Pokemon, uh, <laughs> but except this time I understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, a couple of things that weren't just, like, endless Zeltec videos. Um, uh, we watched the best side quest in Zelda history yeah. by Mr. Dr. Boy. Mr. Dr. Boy? Mr. Dr. Boy oh. on uh, YouTube, uh, which was a video that was kind of about the uh, Anju and Cafe quest in Majora's Mask. Yeah. But sort of more about how uh, a lot of the elements that, like, float around the edges of that quest and mm. the things that are completely optional to learn about that story that are not part of, like, the core path to completing it, and how much story there is that you might just miss because of the way that that game just lets story happen, and whether you see it or not is up to you. Mm. Uh, It's an interesting little take. Um, I also watched a video called Life as a Bokoblin, a Zelda nature documentary. I keep seeing this recommended and I have got around to watching it yet. Yeah, so this is by Monster Maze on YouTube and it is like a 20 minute documentary that I can best describe as what if in the Breath of the Wild universe there was a Jane Goodall style documentary narrated by David Attenborough. Okay. Uh, and the sh- It's basically... We put Link in the Bokoblin mask that makes Bokoblins seem like a Bokoblin and him act like a Bokoblin, and just had him hang out around Bokoblin camps for a while and do a bunch of- make a whole little story about his growing, like, uh, being accepted into the group of Bokoblins over time. (laughs) Like, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's- it's basically the journey of- here is a group of Bokoblins, they don't really use names for each other, so we're gonna give them names to make it easier to talk about them. And the story of, like, the first day that this strange new Bokoblin shows up at the Bokoblin camp, and Bokoblins from one camp don't usually interact with ones from another, they stay in their own territories. The first few nights Link is made to sleep, like, not near the campfire. Like, the Bokoblins are like, no, you sleep over there. And eventually being invited out on, like, a hunting party with the Bokoblins. It's a fascinating little story that that was told through... (laughs) Attenborough-style documentary about someone being like, I must learn to live with the Bokoblins if I am to understand the Bokoblins. <laughs> ah, they have accepted me as one of their own. It's a it's a very well-put-together 20-minute little short story that someone clearly had a lot of fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend that. What about you? What have you been watching? Mainly the same as you. I, again, I was... <laughs> Eventually we will get to the end of these seasons and be able to talk about them. We watched more Mandalorian and more Picard, and it would be absolutely wrong to spoil anything about this week's uh, Picard. Yeah, Picard in particular, like, oh my fucking god. Where do you go from there? Where? I I cannot fathom a world in which that is a overcomable situation right. that is occurring. Well, eventually we'll get around to talking about it, but... Spoilers, sorry, but um, that's pretty much it. I've watched a lot of TikTok. Like, days worth of TikTok. Yeah. 
um, and and my traditional amount of Final Fantasy fourteen footage as I edit it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the, the, yeah, it's not been a big watch week for me. I've mostly been playing stuff. Yeah, uh, we. I, I think we had the um, Oxventure last couple of episodes of the the dinosaur. Uh, yeah, campaign extinction. Yep. Um, campaign. We watched like the two most recent episodes of that, and the live show that happened in between the last few. I can rattle through some of the Zelda videos that I've had on in the week just to go. This is a spattering of the things I've been watching that have been good. Oh, we were, we watched um, the one of um, no no runes. Yes, going through um, all the yes, shrines. Trying to go through all 120 shrines in Breath of the Wild without using any uh, any of the uh, the Sheikah Slate runes mm-hmm. and discovering new tech on how to do that in the process. Uh, I'm about halfway through Who Are the Zonai, a Breath of the Wild documentary by Nintendo Black Crisis. I think you watched this, and also separately I've watched this, uh, Ranking Every Breath of the Wild Shrine from Worst to Best by Zeltic. I'm sure there's a few others in here. Uh, Zeltic's recap of the, the story of Age of Calamity and Skyward Sword. Uh, more Zeltic videos, The Mystery of the Breath of the Wild's Forgotten Temple... I could keep going. It's it's a lot of Zeltic, really. <laughs> if you're in the mood we're in, Zeltic makes very good. I'm just gonna pour Zelda information into my head videos. Right. So yeah, that's basically everything I've watched this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Laura, 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 Laura. We've got a new sponsor. Tell me about our new sponsor. Yeah. Well. Do you like getting hype for game coming? I do like getting hype for game coming. Do you like consuming all of the content that is possible? I'm. I look at this point. I'm. The, the internet's made a lot of content about video game I'm excited for, but I feel like I'm running out of content about video game I'm excited for. Well, boy, do we have the correct and perfect sponsor for you! Oh, that's great to hear. Check out randomtheorygenerator.lol.net. Tell me more. Are you stuck waiting for a new game to release? Yep. Are you struggling to fill the obsessive hours in the day leading up to that point? I am, yes. This algorithm will automatically generate theories about the plot based on a loose amalgamation of current internet conspiracy theory message board posts. Oh, oh, let me, uh, let me, let me boot this up now. Uh, okay, okay, so Tears of the Kingdom, I'll just type that in there. Uh, okay, okay, theories. Um, Ganondorf is actually secretly Zelda from a different timeline split. They're both the same character at different points in time. I knew it. Ah, could, it called it, called it. Called it from um, space. Yeah, I'm having a look through here. Um, Apona is secretly harboring the spirit of Majora's Mask. And that's, I knew it. That's why Epona keeps being reborn, is mm-hmm. is Epona, Epona's mm-hmm. got the magic of Majora's Mask, causing a cycle of rebirth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The little white robot oh, yeah. from Age of Calamity yeah. is actually the brain that's inside the Master Cycle Zero. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I right. knew it. Called it. Called it. Yep, um, you did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, let's, let's look at one last one. Um... The reason you can't see the islands in the sky in Tears of the Kingdom when you're playing Breath of the mm-hmm, Wild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is just because there's a big one-way mirror around Hyrule. It's true. And I, everyone knows Link can't look up. Yeah, Link can't look up. It's true. Mm. Yeah. Well, what interesting theories I now nice. have to mull over. you got so many things to mull. Oh. That's randomtheorygenerator.lol.net. Enter the code. Please give me more hints about Breath of the Wild. 
257 and you'll you'll get that probably yeah. maybe there'll be a whole conspiracy about 257 now Ooh. oh that's how many dungeon full, full size dungeons full size dungeons that there we go there's a whole oh. more things to theorize inside the boardroom of supremacy software hi hi so, uh, I've been keeping an eye on the, uh, on the internet. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, keeping an eye for uh, people making content about our games. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, I've been watching some people making some, uh, Call of Shooty content. Uh, right, right. Very yeah. specifically, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, noticing some fans have been, uh, modding our games. Right, right. Yeah, uh, like, like, taking the clothes off, you know, no, the usual no, stuff. No, like, uh. Adding in new uh, features that we didn't put in the game. Oh, features. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, big. Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, you know, adding new modes, new, like, you know, campaign levels. Adding new stuff to our game that's, like, keeping the co- the community, you know, engaged and excited and reinvigorated. Right. But that's... Which which Call of Duty is that? This this, this year's version? That's this year's Call of Duty. Right. So, so people are still... Playing this year's current Call of Duty. Yeah, but they're not doing it how we want them to do it. Yeah, so uh, I don't imagine they're gonna need DLC. Well, see, that's the fear is if they've you know if they're playing they be bored right if now. they're playing additional content that they're getting for free, why would they pay for our additional content? Right. So ignore the fact that uh you know people are still talking about and playing Call of Duty. That doesn't matter. We need to sue the asses out of these people for how dare they add things that make our game more fun than it currently is. Right? For no money. How dare they? Exactly. How are we supposed to create a need for paid content if they are just giving it away for free? If we allow the Who's pre- paying them for this? Exactly. If we allow the precedent that the game can just, like, be made more fun. Then, you know, what are we going to do when someone turns around and uh, takes out all of the, uh, you know, changes the leveling curve so you don't have to grind for forever if you don't want to pay for the microtransactions? We paid very smart mathematicians to work out how to make that as grindy as possible. Exactly, and if they're going to step in and just make the game fun without having to spend money then we need to make sure they never see another penny of income or the outside of a jail cell ever. Or the light of day. Full I mean, stop. look, look, if, will the, will the legal team let us, let us get assassins in for this one? Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, no assassins. But legal, legal, you, you've got to, you got to find a way to deal with them that is, where we're never going to have to think about them again. I think that's, Probably a yes. Legal or, I think, fucking geniuses. I mean, the amount of stuff they've gotten done, they're, they're fucking, fucking geniuses. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So, <gasps> ears, what went in the ears? Ah, uh, I put some new bits of music in my ears Tell this week. Tell us about week. the ear, the friends. Uh, so I've listened to four new songs this week. Uh, one's called Till We're Gone by Electric Century. Which is a really interesting, like, upbeat synth rock track with lyrics that are very much about, like, the world telling you no, there's no chance of success or survival, and you just being like, no, and plowing forward in the face of being told you have to stop and give up, and just be like, nah, nah, I'm just gonna keep going, though. Uh, I listened to a track called, uh, Love is Dead, We, uh, sorry. I listened to a track called Love is Dead and We Killed Her by Dollskin. It's a very grand, 
I could fight the world to this kind of soundtrack, uh, femme rock song, uh, with a lot of like interesting like genre and pacing mix up uh, uh, mix ups about revenge against a past lover who's wronged someone. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to a track called "You're Dead" slash Vampire Scar by We Are the Union. Yeah. Uh, which is just a Scar track about surviving by keeping your head down and doing what's expected of you. Mm. That uses fast, upbeat, danceable Scar to contrast its, I would say, lyrical cynicism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one I listened to that was pretty interesting was a track called Good Morning Sunshine by The Narcissist Cookbook, which is a sort of high-speed folk punk track about someone just like berating themselves into getting up having a shower and doing basic self-care on a day where they really don't feel up to it. Mm. And, like, doing the you don't have to like it, you just have to, like, you just have to get over those, like, one small one small step at a time, and you will feel better for it. I know you don't feel like you'll feel better for it, but you'll feel better for it. Like, sort of pushing yourself through the hard days. Mm. So those are some new bits of music I listened to this week. Mm. What about you? You listened to anything this week? I haven't listened to anything new, I'm afraid. I listened to... um, I felt a need to listen to some uh, Contrast, which I've not listened to for a while. Yeah. Just the classics, because I don't know if, how much new music they've released. I haven't seen anything from them for a while. But then I haven't looked for a while. Yeah. So, But I, I know last time I looked at it, it had been a while since they made anything. But it was... um, Yeah, the the ones I listened to a lot. Um, Bomba... Hey DJ, it's propaganda. Dance, obviously. Oh yeah. Go listen to dance. That's a great track. But yeah, not not super big on on listening stuff. I haven't had time. I've been playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um weirdly having spent quite a lot of time standing at the top of uh, dueling peaks <laughs> waiting for for um stars to fall. The, just listening to that sort of nice quiet Ambient, occasional little plinks, and then occasional little little light motifs and little mm. bits here and there, but not really like a full full track of anything. Yeah, it's quite quite atmospheric as as the winds howl around you because it's bloody cold up there. That it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to sort of sit in that area. It's also one of the few places that doesn't get thunder, so it's nice to just stay for a while. Yeah. Although I, I have recently discovered the joy of having a slightly upgraded rubber suit. <laughs> yes. And wandering around in, in lightning storms, fighting people with my uh, sword that occasionally just draws massive amounts of lightning damage. That can be fun. So get closer. Come on. Get closer to me. I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's been quite fun. But yeah, that's 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 really all I've, uh, I've managed to listen to this week. Yeah. Well then, time for this. Hi there, friends. We're going to talk to you today about some cool pro gaming tips. You come to me for all the best gaming tips, and I have the ultimate. I've been saving this one up, you know, but it is the uh, five-year anniversary of the channel. We're here to celebrate 100 million subscribers on the channel across every possible platform. We're so glad to be revealing to you today the ultimate gamer secret, the way I have won all of the competitions, the way I have uh, won all of the speedruns, the way I have uh, got to the top of the class at ranked competitive matches. This is the ultimate gamer strat that you do not want to miss out on. So, okay, you're playing a game. You got your controller, you got your headset. When you get to a part that is really, really complicated, what you're going to need to do is you're just going to take your controller, you're going you're gonna to take your back, right, and you're going to sit up, 
but sitting up isn't enough. You're going to lean forward. And that that's when that's when the magic happens. Hey, you've got misophonia, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and you like you like the whole horror genre, you're a big fan of like the Magnus Archives and the I SCP mean, stuff. Yeah, I do enjoy like, you know, your horror horror narratives. Yeah. I have I got the perfect horror podcast for you. Okay. Right, it is specifically for people with misophonia and it's just like really fucking dark and, and frankly terrifying. Um, okay. So basically what it is, right, it's this um this chef guy and he is constantly haunted by these horrifying eldritch nightmares okay, and okay. he's always talking like basically just recites these tales uh as he's um basically working in the kitchen and he's like talking about the fact that like the the horrors that come to him and the unspeakable things that he has to witness every night in his dreams and sometimes he's not sure what's real and what's not and sometimes when he initially wakes up it feels like it's not quite reality and all of this is while he's standing there just stirring a pot of macaroni oh and god cheese. oh god oh no like it's just really just constant no. squelching no of, of no this. thank you nope but i thought you liked horror that's a little too horrific for me do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Mary. How you doing? Oh, mate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm physically and emotionally exhausted, although, you know, I feel that like, there are a lot of communities right now that are in far worse situations. You, you, are you yeah. doing alright, mate? Uh, about the same, about yeah, the same. Yeah. I've been, uh... Watching a bunch of the uh, the continuing rise uh, of fascism. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, the uh, attempts at new legislation, particularly in the U.S. against trans people, that's uh, taking a uh, another step along a certain road. Yeah. The uh, the number of uh, the number of laws that have started trying to, uh, thankfully so far unsuccessfully, but we'll see. Trying to uh, criminalise transition for trans people, regardless of age. Yeah, you start. Yeah, you know, it's no longer the uh, oh, protect the kids. Uh, kids aren't old enough to know about. Yeah, to understand what what they're, they're consenting to. Yeah, it's no longer even the uh, the sort of moved goalpost of like oh, all the co- uh, bits of your brain haven't developed till twenty five. So you got to wait till then. It, the end goal was always very clearly to stop trans people existing being able to legally be recognized and or get access to the care they need yeah and you know the mask is just really coming off in it, it's where it's heading where we always knew it was heading which is children were a wedge to get you to, to get allies or you know get oh, people it's always with, the thing of yeah. the children so, you know yeah. trying to, get to get people on board with it so that yeah. then they could get rid of all trans people yeah. and it really is a moment where, like, we need allies to really, like, stop and pay attention to what's going on. Because, like, yeah, any time a transphobe tells you it's about protecting kids from making irreversible decisions, that is them playing you like a fiddle, you know. You've yeah. got to see what, like, what they are actually working towards. Yeah. And, and, and even, even the ones for. that genuinely believe that are being manipulated by ones who have far more sinister 
uh, concerns. You know, these uh, we, we've seen that the Nazis are actually showing up to a lot of these groups now, and that they're not hiding uh, what they are when they do so. And uh, I, I, he- I mean, the the number of the anti-trans lot. Who will just go take happy smiley selfies with the Nazis at things like Posey yeah. Parker's uh, thing a while back? It that, that it is terrifying the number of the anti-trans lot who will be like, well, you know, I don't, I, I may not agree with the Nazis, but at least they've got our backs on this. And I'm like, that is never a thing you should ever be saying. No, you no. should never be excited that the Nazis uh, agree with you on something. No, because it it, it means that. Uh, well, I mean, we we know that uh, fascism is hungry and and will ravenously eat everything it can if it is allowed to uh, to grow. But uh, absolutely has to be uh, stamped out at the first possible opportunity. And and sadly, I think we are losing already a lot of these first possible opportunities because uh, people are are just too willing to uh, let their biases and their their bigotry and and the manipulation by uh, certain by the press. I mean, gosh, uh, have you seen... The oh, constant God, front God, covers yeah. of the fucking mail this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, absolutely obscene. Um, <sighs> uh, uh, you know, this country isn't very much better than America. I'll be honest, mate. But um, no, no. But it's uh, it's we need it's we need a terrifying time, and we we genuinely need uh, allies or anyone who would dare to call themselves an, an ally to actually uh, step up and and just do something really. Really make yeah. themselves heard as as much as 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 these uh, fascists uh, are, are doing so. Exactly. Where's uh, young mate? Oh yeah. Uh. Ah, good luck, mate. Good luck. Right, I think I'm going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura? Yes? What do you do when you're not playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, and I mean... waiting for Breath of the Wild, uh, to Breath of the Wild 2 Tears of the Kingdom to happen? I mean, not a lot, honestly. No. But I mean, I do some other things. You do lots of things. Yeah, you can find the other things I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet because I've got that good unified branding. Ooh. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Wherever there's usernames, I'm probably at Laura K. Buzz on those. Uh, the big thing to look out for this <gasps> week, uh, I've been talking a bit about this on Twitter and people <gasps> have sort of got a rumbling this is coming, is... At some point this week, there will probably be a formal announcement of what I'm putting together for, let's call it E3 week, because, you know, that's what everyone's going to refer to it as. I um, thought we were calling it Summer Games Fest week now that I, that, that uh, E3 is cancelled. I mean, uh, su- June, June video game week. June gaming adverts week. Um, I've been working really hard on something for that. Yeah, you have. It, look, I, I, I think, look, I think I've said the name out there. K- keep an eye out for information about the Access Ability Summer Showcase, which I am um, putting my heart and soul into, and I'm excited to imminently be telling people properly about and getting the ball rolling on. I'm helping. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. What about you? I don't have unified branding. That stuff's hard to come by, especially when you got to the internet and content creation as late as I did. Uh, yeah, you can find me at linktr.ee slash janiac. That's linktree, 
And I'm Janiac, yeah. uh, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find music and things I've written and all sorts of other stuff, t-shirts I've designed, uh, including the butts one. No one likes the butts one. I like the you butts one. You own the butts one. Yeah, I, do. I think you're the only person I know that owns a butts one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a picture of Laura jumping out of a butt saying, butts! <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's, there's uh, slightly more designed shirts, but that one's just good, silly fun. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of my stuff. You can help me justify 76-hour work week over at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. And yeah, as little as a dollar a month helps me justify a 76-hour work week. You could be the person that gets me to 30 Patreons. Ooh. And who knows, by the end of the year, I would love to hit 50. If, if that is on the cards, that would be great. Who knows, maybe I will start making enough to make this a full-time thing. That is... The dream. I imagine if I could work 76 hours of just content creation. Um, yeah, that, that that would be great. Uh, well, Laura, I think that's, that's everything for I me. I think so. Yeah, will you sing us out, please, Dom? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>